This episode is sponsored by The Jordan Harbinger Show. Named the best podcast of 2018 by Apple. Tons of fascinating guests. Untold stories you won't hear anywhere else. Expand your wisdom and discover other perspectives that you've never considered before with The Jordan Harbinger Show. Join Jordan as he interviews high-profile people as well as intriguing personalities. Each episode features a discussion that might just take you anywhere. I recommend episode 970, where Jordan and guest Annie Jacobson talk nuclear annihilation. How likely is it? How scared should you be? And what comes after? There's also episode 886 with David Farina, which delves into the wacky world of flat earthers. These episodes are great starting points, but you're sure to find deep, interesting, and thought-provoking topics throughout Jordan's catalog. Turn off the music and turn up the wisdom with The Jordan Harbinger Show. We really enjoy this show and we think you will as well. There's just so much here. Check out jordanharbinger.com start for some episode recommendations or search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. The Vodyanoi, a murderous Slavic water spirit. Are you planning on going for a swim in Lake Ladoga? Or maybe catching some pike perch in the Volga River? Put on your swimsuit and pack all your fishing gear but don't forget to make the sign of the cross before entering the water. There is something evil lurking in the dark lake and river bottoms of Russia, and if you don't show respect to the water, its malevolent protector will drag you to a watery grave. Welcome to Freaky Folklore, the podcast where we discover the horrifying legends across the world and tell terrifying tales of monsters both ancient and modern. This week we are discussing the Vodyanoi, an ancient Slavic legend. This show is part of the EerieCast podcast network. Find more terrifying tales at EerieCast.com and be sure to follow us on Spotify or your favorite podcasting service. You can leave an honest review on iTunes too. The more we get, the more we grow and hopefully, the more monsters we can explore. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com. C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. At nine years old, Alec loved the water. He had learned to swim as a toddler and had started fishing with his dad at the age of two. His dad took him fishing most weekends, even in the winter time, 
but his favorite time of year was when his family went on vacation. They would take a trip every summer to a different river or lake. On this day, it was a bit cloudy as the family visited one of their favorite rivers. They had planned to be here an entire week with plans of fishing, paddling, and swimming. Sleeping near the water was like paradise to Alec. He loved to fall asleep to the sounds of the river flowing in the background. Today was the first day, and it was important to start this trip out with fishing. That was his and his dad's ritual, fish first. The clear, fast-flowing body of water was deep in this area of the Russian River. Isaac was playing in a part of the river that was sheltered by a sandbar and therefore not so affected by the river's fast current. Even at his young age, Alec loved catching fish and having his dad cook them for dinner. They did this as often as they could throughout the year, regardless of the weather. Right now, he was concentrating on getting his fishing rod and lure set up, knowing that there were lots of fish who took shelter in his sandbarred area. The small lure he was working with was round and metallic and the fish around here seemed to love it. He attached the lure to the fishing line and gave it a couple of practice swings. From where he was, he could see his dad rigging up his favorite fishing pole. He always had the same routine. That is probably where Alec gets it from. Everything had to be done a certain way. His mom told him many times that he was just like his dad, and that made him happy because he wanted to be just like him someday. After swinging his rod just a few times, it suddenly felt a bit too light. He looked up and watched his metallic lure go flying into the water just on the other side of the sandbar. Looking around, Alec noticed that no one else had saw what happened. He got up from his spot and waded through the shallow water over the sandbar. Peering down into the water, he could see it about three feet away. The only issue was that the current was much faster here. Being a kid, Alec was super confident, even to a fault. He should have asked for help. He should have realized it was too dangerous. Contrary to what his dad had taught him, foolish childish bravery allowed Alec to step into the water without hesitation and go for the lure. The water got deep quickly, up to his chest before he had even taken five steps. Alec, what are you doing? His dad shouted from the shore. He was screaming at the top of his lungs, but young Alec cared not. He just wanted his prize lure, and he was going to get it. With his knees in the sand and his fingertips inches away from the lure, Alec suddenly slid and almost went face first into the water. He quickly caught himself and reached for the lure again, but it disappeared under the water. Gazing into the rippling water for a second, he thought he saw something looking back at him. His eyes must be playing tricks on him. It was probably just the green slime that he had entangled his lure in. Just as he was about to submerge his hand and search for it, something shot out of the water and grabbed onto his arm. Alec grabbed his captor and tried to break free. It looked like a hand, but it was green and scaly. Alec fought, but he was not as strong as the force pulling him into the water. It was cold, frighteningly, painfully cold. The river had been chilly before, but as it closed around him, Alec felt as though he was being smothered in ice. His body reacted before his mind could catch up, scrambling and scratching for purchase against the smooth stones on the riverbed. But aside from a few handfuls of pebbles and sand, 
He gained nothing from it. For a moment, he managed to grab onto a nearby branch, but the current and water had a hold of him and tore him away from it, slashing his wet, wrinkled palm before shoving him back down to the bottom. As he was dashed down again and again, he struggled to keep his breath inside, even as it burned his lungs more so every passing second. Panic overwhelmed Alec as he felt though his chest were going to explode from the strain. A few torturous moments stretched out into forever as the boy struggled to keep his breath. But finally, it became too much. As he tumbled down at the mercy of the water, Alex exhaled. He felt his body being drugged down to the riverbed. Something was holding him there, pinned against the rocks as the water rushed past him. He had opened his eyes in a panic and staring into his eyes was a strange-looking old man with long hair frantically floating around his head, and he had the most evil smile on his face. Suddenly, freezing water rushed into Alec's lungs, searing them into numbness as every bubble of air was forced from him. Rather than the horrible, mind-shattering fear that had suffused him before, Alec felt strangely calm. In eternity, it seemed that he lay there, Unfeeling and unthinking, inky blackness swirled around him, eager for its prey, and he couldn't even muster the effort to swat it away. He thought that he felt his body emerge from the water. Was he floating now? Did the old man let him go? As he drifted off, he thought he heard his father calling his name, but he couldn't find the strength to answer or to come back. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more lighthearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play, with my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Deep down in the dark, murky waters of Russia trudges evil unspeakable in the form of a toad-faced, water-dwelling demonic creature. With long hair and a long greenish beard, dripping with slime and weeds, he looks as cantankerous as he is. His time outside of his devilish underwater home is often divided between murder and mayhem. He is a terrifying creature from Slavic mythology. He is the Vodyanoi. The malevolent and murderous Vodyanoi frequents lakes, ponds, and rivers, and other bodies of water, but it especially prefers mill ponds. 
Their homes range from the humble dwellings of sand and slimy logs to underwater palaces of crystal, decorated with gold and silver taken from shipwrecks and illuminated by a magic stone shining brighter than the sun. The Vodunoi love nothing more than playing in card games, smoking a wooden pipe, and dragging innocent victims to their watery grave. Or, if they spare them, they're forever home as their spirit slave. They never seem to venture too far from their watery homes because they are said to be powerless on dry land, but practically invincible in the water. They usually float in rivers and streams on half-sunken logs while making loudly obnoxious splashes. Beware not to anger these slippery creatures or they will break dams, destroy water mills, and drown people and animals. To appease the beast, you can offer him a sacrifice the same way that fishermen, millers, and beekeepers do. One of his favorites is a tasty horse covered in honey. They are said to hibernate during the winter season. So for three months of the summer season in Russia, be always alert when around water. The long hair, green beard, and toad face are just one of the many ways he may appear. A Vodyanoi varies wildly in appearance. It can be roughly human in appearance, with big paws, horns, tail, and eyes like burning coals. It can be a huge man covered with grass and moss, with shaggy white fur, or with scales. It can be black and huge, with huge red eyes and a long nose, or bluish and slimy, bloated and crowned with reeds. Sometimes it appears in the form of a human, as an old man with green hair and a beard that turned white with the waning moon, as a white-bearded peasant in a red shirt, as a naked woman with enormous breasts combing her dripping hair while seated on a log, or in the form of a guardsman and children. In Czech, Slovenian, and Slovak accounts, the Vodnik looks markedly different and has far more human characteristics. They essentially just look like regular men with the exception of the gills, webbed hands, and algae-colored skin. So they're pretty easy to differentiate from people, unless you're in the deep south, that is. If the bright green hair wasn't an obvious tale, they are also known to dress in a very strange manner, with a preference for patchy shirts, odd hats, coattails, and they are perpetually wet. It can also appear to be half fish and half human, or appear as a huge moss-covered fish or a swan, or even a bouquet of red flowers on the water. In Smolensk, the Vodyanoi is humpbacked and has the feet and tail of a cow, while in Vologda, it is a log with little wings flying over the water. A Vodyanoi out of the water and in human guise can be identified by the water oozing out of his coat. The Vodyanoi are immortal, but grow younger or older with the moon. They are weak on land, but also once again virtually invincible in the water, and they dislike going out of the water beyond the bank. Some Vodyanoi refuse to emerge from the water beyond its waist. They like to ride livestock until the animal dies of exhaustion and apparently cover them in honey and eat them. Their presence in the market is an omen. If a Vodyanoi buys corn at high prices, the harvest will fail. But a Vodyanoi buying cheaply foretells bountiful crops. 
Avadyanoi sees Mildams as an insult and will destroy them to keep the water flowing. Horses smeared with honey, hobbled and drowned with millstones make good placatory offerings. Drunk passers-by can also be pushed into mill ponds to earn the Vodyanoi's trust. As with other evil spirits, a Vodyanoi can be exercised. In fact, in some areas such as Tula, the Vodyanoi is indistinguishable from the devil. Shooting a Vodyanoi with buttons has been known to kill them as well. But while a Vodyanoi can bear grudges, it can just as soon show gratitude. One Vodyanoi, who was aided in fighting off a rival, promised never to drown anyone. A Vodyanoi is not hostile to fishermen and millers due to their affinity with water. Millers would deposit bread, salt, vodka, black sows, and ram's heads at the water's edge as offerings to the Vodyanoi. And when building a new mill, they would offer black roosters. Some millers were said to be on such good terms with their local Vodyanoi that they dined with them every night. Fishermen, on the other hand, would toss butter or tobacco into the water, saying, Here's some tobacco for you, Vodyanoi. Give me a fish. A pleased Vodyanoi would drive fish into a fisherman's net. Beekeepers also kept up good relations with the Vodyanoi by offering him honey and wax, and in return the water spirit prevented humidity from damaging their hives. The surest way to anger a Vodyanoi is to upset the natural balance of his watery habitat. For this reason, he is known for destroying mills and dams and for either drowning local villagers or pulling them down to dwell in his home as his household slaves forever after. It is for this reason he is usually blamed for drowning deaths in which no corpse have been found. Though, if anybody does wash up on shore, it is said that the Vodyanoi has kept only the soul in slavery and let the body go. Some local legends maintain that for every new watermill built, the Vodyanoi takes a human life. As a defense against the Vodyanoi, Slavic millers and fisherfolk may attempt to bribe or appease Grandfather Vodyanoi with offerings of vodka, tobacco, salt, or bread. A chicken or other animal may be offered as a sacrifice to avoid the taking of life by the Vodyanoi when a new dam or mill is built. During the reign of Tsar Nicholas in the mid-19th century, there lived a farm laborer with three sons as the story goes. The youngest, Ivan, was foolish and lazy. When it was time to mow, he dropped his scythe and slept in the hay. When it was time to fish, he paddled around the lake and did not cast his net even once. One cold, dark spring night, Ivan was returning home from a nearby village, his boots thick with mud. He walked through the fields until he heard the rushing river, swollen with melted snow, and approached it to cross. A voice called to him from the river, I have woken from my winter sleep. Give me tribute, and I shall carry you to the other side on my back, unharmed. Ivan replied, River King, I have nothing, but I would like to be carried all the same. A creature slowly emerged halfway from the water. His eyes burned red, but his skin was the color of the river, and his beard was like moss. Ivan grew frightened as he saw white ice bobbing in the torrent. Before he could make the sign of the cross, 
the cold water rose and pulled him in. The next day, Ivan's father looked into the river. There under the water, he saw his son, his arms outstretched and his back lacerated, his neck and face swollen blue and purple. But Ivan was working, as he never had in the land of the living, tilling the riverbed and pulling heavy rocks for the Vodyanoi. Over centuries, Slavic folk traditions have faded dramatically in the face of political disruption, revolution, and generational shifts. But the Vodyanoi endures, and its legends still circulate among Russians and Eastern Europeans of all ages. The Vodyanoi is believed to be a reincarnation of one of the many pagan demons associated with water. Up until the 19th century, people in Russia, Ukraine, Serbia, and other Slavic countries still made sacrifices to the Vodyanoi, demonstrating that this belief existed alongside Christianity for many centuries. The Vodyanoi is said to have a preference for victims who bathed on the holy days or did not make the sign of the cross before entering the water, which shows some incorporation of Christian belief in the myth. Their association with bodies of water an affinity for destroying anything that might hinder water flow, such as dams and water mills, makes him a Poseidon-like figure. A protector of the rivers, streams, and ponds that can be found in the Slavic countrysides. The Vodyanoi has made its place in pop culture. In 2013, he was the main character in a thriller directed by Fred Turling, titled Croker. Croker is a throwback to the drive-in movies of the 50s and 60s. Campy characters, humor, and a monster reminiscent of a time when scary movies were just plain fun. Florian Serko and his one-time love, Macy Patterson, face a problem. A curse was cast spawning a mythological creature, the Vodyanoi. This curse now plagues the Serko family and the citizens of his town are paying with their souls. Strangely, Vodyanoi is one of the best-known characters of Soviet cartoons. In the Soviet animation The Flying Ship, he sings a song about how lonesome he is and how he longs to talk with someone. Oh, and the Vodyanoi has made it into the gaming world more than once. In the video game series The Witcher, there is a race of water creatures known as Vodyanoi, or fish people. They are an intelligent race living in underwater cities at the bottom of the Great Sea, where their civilization is most advanced, as well as the Pontar River and its tributaries. A Vodyanoi also appears as a monster in Dungeons and Dragons. It is described as a variety of Umber Hulk. Umber Hulks were primarily solitary creatures, and it was unknown if they had anything akin to a society of their own. The list goes on, but the Vodyanoi has been the subject of poems and ballads for decades and continues to show up in new and entertaining ways. Andre awoke from his nap with a start. He must have dozed off after what seemed like hours without so much as a nibble on his line. He had been dreaming about that day, the day he had lost Alec. Alec had not just been his favorite fishing buddy, but his only son. He had been his whole world, and since then everything had changed. Everything except this, their favorite fishing spot. 
This is where he came to feel close to him, to remember. The sound of the river seemed to have a calming effect on his nerves, and he really needed that right now. The past five years had been a blur mostly, but they involved alcohol, heartache, and eventually divorce. Reeling his line in, he made the decision to set up camp and spend the night. What the hell? He had nothing to go home to anyway. After putting away his tackle, Andre pulled in the couple of perch he had caught earlier that day. Together, they were enough to make a meal for him alone. Turning to walk back up to the small fire he had built, he suddenly heard a loud splash from behind. But when he turned to look, there was nothing there. Slowly, he trudged his way back up the sand dune to where his truck was parked. He dug through his tackle box until he located his skinning knife and quickly set about cleaning the fish. The hot meal was more satisfying than he had expected, but would be perfect with the six-pack of beer that he had stashed in the truck in his ice chest. Five beers in, Andre was beginning to feel the rage. The rage he always felt when he drank and thought about Alec. It wasn't fair. He had done everything right. He taught him how to swim. He taught him the dangers of the river. But in just a few moments of looking away, he was gone. And he was never coming back. Picking up an empty beer bottle, Andre cursed the river and flung the bottle as far as he could into the unforgiving water. Crumbling to the ground, he buried his face in his hands and sobbed. Just as he gained his composure and was trying to stand, something hit him with a painful thud in the back of his head. Startled, Andre scrambled to his feet and looked around. Laying beside his feet was a beer bottle. He had left the others laying by his truck. Hell, he was drunk, so who knows. But if anyone was messing with him, they would be sorry. He scanned the area but didn't see anyone. It was actually pretty dark by now, making it impossible to see very far. He had one beer left, and he was going to make quick work of it and pass out. He popped the top on the bottle and downed half of it before digging his sleeping bag out of his truck. Spreading the sleeper out, he clumsily plopped down on it and began to finish off the beer that had gotten annoyingly warm. After draining it, he carelessly tossed the bottle aside and laid down. No sooner had his head touched the ground that he heard a giggle. <laughs> he tried to raise up, but ended up just rolling over onto his knees. As he was looking around, he heard it again. <laughs> this time it was coming from the direction of the river. It sounded like a child. Who is there? Andre yelled. Don't be screwing with me or you will end up in that river. A few seconds of silence were suddenly followed by splashing. Andre managed to make it to his feet this time and headed towards the river. As he drew closer, he could just make out the figure of what looked like a small boy standing several feet into the water. What he was seeing was impossible because the current was strong enough to take down a grown man. Andre yelled at the boy, Get out of there! It is dangerous! You could drown! The boy giggled again and turned to look at Andre and said, Daddy, it's me, Alec. My master told me to come fetch you. 
Andre's heart stopped. This, this is another nightmare. He must have passed out after that last beer or hit his head again. He had to wake up. The pain was unbearable. Andre rubbed his eyes to try and make the vision disappear. But when he opened them again, the boy was directly in front of him, close enough to touch. It was Alec, but it wasn't. His skin was pale and his eyes were dark. His skin was wrinkled and there was slime hanging from his shoulders. Water was running from his pockets and when he opened his mouth, as if to speak again, no sound came out, only water, a steady stream pouring to the ground. Suddenly water started pouring from his shirt and from the bottoms of his pants. Andre stood there paralyzed with the agony of pain and fear. He watched as the water began to gush from everywhere, overtaking the boy and changing him. The water rose, shooting into the air and started to change shape. First, there appeared a set of bare feet. Next, he could see a face emerging from the fountain before him. It was the face of an old man. Slowly, the rest of the figure began to form and Andre watched as the boy turned from water and then into a creature similar to a man. The water slowed, but continued to trickle from his coat. His long white hair was dripping. As he took in the sight of this being standing there before him, Andre realized that this was something other than human. The old man's eyes were bulging, he had a green beard that hung to his chest. His cheeks and his arms were covered with scales like a fish. Unexpectedly, the creature spoke. You came here week after week, year after year. You take my fish and leave me nothing in return. So I took your son. But still, that was not enough. You come back, and you take, and what do you give me now? Garbage. You pollute my river, and take the life that it has to offer. Andre fell to his knees. This is the demon that took his son from him. Digging his fingers into the sand, Andre looks up into its face and screams, Give me back my son! The creature laughs, a despicable, evil sound. He is mine now, and forever, and you have a new debt to pay. Sobbing as he clenches his fist and the sand runs through his fingers, Andre does the only thing he can think to do. He jumps to his feet and runs for his truck. He can hear the creature laughing from behind him. He turns just long enough to see if he's being followed, but also long enough to lose sight of where he's headed. Andre's head ricochets off the mirror on his truck door, snapping him back and bringing his back crashing to the ground. The last thing he remembered as a swirl of darkness swallowed him up was the beer bottle laying by his head. Hours later, Andre struggles to open his eyes, but the pain in his head is brutal. He knew he must have hit his head. That dream was the worst one yet. He can hear the river in the distance and crickets chirping. It must still be night. 
He must get up and see how bad the damage is, the damage that he had done to himself. Eventually, he managed to get his eyes open, but it hurt like hell. He rolls around in the sand for a bit, finally managing to sit up. Filling his head, he locates a pretty good-sized bump and some dried blood. No fresh bleeding. That's good. No stitches necessary. He was going to be filling this bender for days. He really had to get his act together, but what did it matter? What did he have to live for anyway? He sat there for a while, wallowing in his own self-pity, but eventually he went back to the dream. It had felt so real. Where did the notion of the old man come from? Was it something the alcohol had helped him to cook up in his imagination? This trip started five years ago, when Alec had drowned in the river. He had pulled his son's small, lifeless body from the water. He had tried to breathe life back into him, but he had failed. It had been too late. It was time for this trip to end, or he would soon be joining his son. Andre struggled, but finally managed to make it to his feet. He looked around his meager campsite, littered with beer bottles. He had made quite a mess in just a short amount of time, but screw it. He grabbed his sleeping bag and his fishing gear and tossed them into the bed of his truck. Without checking his campfire or picking up one piece of trash, Andre climbs into his truck, shuts the door, and turns the key in the ignition, then abruptly stops. Something is wrong. Andre starts to gag and choke. He can't breathe. He grabs his throat, struggling for air. In a panic, he jumps out of the truck, thinking that standing up might free his airway. Immediately, he starts to cough, but no air comes out. Water. He is coughing up water. Suddenly, he starts vomiting water. The force is racking his body so hard that he falls to his knees. Eventually, it becomes a steady gush and water pours from his mouth. He feels like he's drowning, like he is being swallowed up. This must be how Alec felt. This is how he deserves to go. It was his fault. He looked away. He let his son down. He had failed as a father. It seemed like forever that he struggled this way until finally it was over, and he laid there twitching as his soul was torn away from his body. The Vodyanoi groans as he stands from his throne in his underwater palace. He takes a long drag from his pipe before strolling over to his new prisoner to give his shackles a good hard kick. Wake up, miscreant! Andre stirs and jumps with fear when he finally begins to take in his surroundings. He is in a large room with walls that look impossibly like water. Is this another dream? Hello, Daddy. Andre hears a familiar voice that makes his heart race. Suddenly, Alex steps out from behind the creature. Thank you, Daddy, for taking my place. My master says I may go now. Andre reaches for the child and touches his cheek. But like trying to touch a cloud, the boy fades and ever so slowly disappears. Thank you for listening to Freaky Folklore. 
Don't forget to follow Freaky Folklore on Spotify and iTunes. If you can, leave the show an honest review on iTunes to help us grow. Freaky Folklore is a part of the EerieCast Podcast Network, the home for listeners who love to feel scared. Go to EerieCast.com to find other shows featuring terrifying tales such as Darkness Prevails Podcast, which has nearly 300 episodes showcasing allegedly true scary stories from around the world. If you love the supernatural and mysterious creatures interest you, the Darkness Prevails Podcast is the show for you. Tune in next time as Freaky Folklore explores Jiangxi, the Chinese Hopping Vampire. Until next time, stay safe out there because this world is a strange one.